0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So today I'm going to continue the 2022 season breakdown of each and every player that means something on your Nationals roster. And this time around, we are going to break down your Nationals MVP awarded by the DC media, Lane Thomas. Is this someone that we could really rely on moving forward in the future? After all, we traded John Lester for him. Let's find out after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today, and let's just get right into it. Lane Thomas was someone that we traded for at the 2021 deadline when we moved John Lester over the St. Louis Cardinals in exchange for Lane Thomas, and when we got Lane Thomas at that point, he was kind of someone that the Cardinals weren't really—he wasn't really a high prospect or a really— Big time valued prospect, but a lot of Cardinals fans, when he came up his rookie season in 2019, he kind of lit the world on fire in St. Louis. He batted 316 with a 1093 OPS, with a 684 slugging percentage, and had four home runs just in 34 games as a rookie. He was someone who was drafted out of high school or in the fifth round of the 2014 MLB draft. So he had five years in the minors prior to that. And when this Nationals team traded for him that year, We weren't really expecting too much. You know, we just traded away John Lester. John Lester, who we signed here to be kind of like a fifth starter and kind of like a lottery ticket for this pitching staff in 2021. And he just didn't work out. And honestly, the fact that Mike Rizzo in this front office could trade him was kind of a miracle in itself. I didn't really see the value in him. I guess he's just one of those veterans to where you get in the postseason, which the Cardinals were going to do last year in 2021. It's kind of one of those guys where he could maybe have a couple of nice starts down the stretch. They desperately needed starting pitching, and they just kind of gave up on one of their young, young, not really studs. I'm not going to call Lane Thomas a young stud for them, but they traded him for John Lester. And John Lester kind of held back the back of their rotation. I have a lot of Cardinals friends from St. Louis. And they all just kind of told me, like, yeah, Lester was fine for them. But to give up Lane Thomas and to see what he's doing now, and kind of the raw potential that he's always had, he just hasn't really been able to put it all together, that was kind of a a brain buster for them, you know? They weren't too excited to see Lane Thomas go. Because he's kind of one of those lottery ticket guys that I mention a lot to where, yeah, you know, you got him for cheap. He's a fifth-round pick out of high school. And they weren't going to rely on him to be one of their starting corner outfielders. They already had guys there that were going to be coming up and making a difference That they've already put a lot of value into those picks who are already ahead of Lane Thomas. But beside that, Lane Thomas has been someone – to where we can actually look forward to in this team. And I look back at that trade, and that was a slam dunk for this front office staff. And the way that Lane Thomas has played, I mean, bes- the team MVP this year, take that out of the picture. T- Lane uh, Lane was great. He was fine for the worst team in baseball. He's not going to be, I mean, if, if he's your MVP moving forward for the next few years, and he's just going to be hitting 241 with a seven. 05 OPS, like, we're in trouble. I'm just going to say that right now. But the value, that's what I look at. We traded a John Lester who's now not in the bigs anymore. He's retired, gone from the game. We traded for someone who's young, who still has potential, who can play corner outfields, can play center field, has power. And last but not least, He's someone that's great to have in the clubhouse. Everything that I've heard about him is the guys love him. Everyone in that clubhouse kind of evolved around him. And he's kind of taken that leadership role in a sense. After trading Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz will most likely be departing for free agency over the next month or so. So to get Lane Thomas back in return for someone who wasn't part of this future, and didn't really have a role with this team besides losing games like John Lester did in 2021. That's a slam dunk trade that Mike Rizzo and this front office staff made. And I can't get over that. That's the market that we have to be in. We have to be moving along from these 38 year old starting pitchers who don't have a future on this team moving forward. And you need to trade those guys for young lottery tickets like Lane Thomas. And right now, I'm not saying we hit the lottery, but the potential is there, and we're seeing that. We're kind of seeing him step into his own. Now the do- the downside with Lane Thomas, as has been for the last year and a half, is that he's kind of been up and down. It's been a roller coaster for him. We kind of need him to flatline and stay consistent throughout time because he has power. He is has- he's great in the outfield. He can steal bases. And he has, he just kind of has that it factor to where he's making big plays. And at this point, you, if you're looking at this roster right now, you probably want Lane Thomas up there in a big situation and he would come through with a hit or at least make some something happen, make something out of nothing. And to kind of put a bow on that is we made something out of nothing trading John Lester for this. And I I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. This is the market that we have to be in moving forward. Move away from the older pieces. I don't care if he pitched well in the 2012 World Series. I don't care about that. That doesn't matter to me. It's 2022, and we're going into 2023. I need younger guys that could be on this next postseason roster that can make a difference in Game 3 of the World Series. That can make a postseason run And we can have someone come in and pinch hit like Lane Thomas and be feeling confident in what we see. And the fact is, I do feel confident in Lane Thomas moving forward. I'm not saying that this is going to be someone to where he's going to be a starting corner outfielder and be a centerpiece of this next championship team. I'm not there yet, and I don't think you should be either. But to say that he hasn't locked up at the very least a fourth outfielder spot on this team moving forward, I think that's crazy to say that you don't think he should be a fourth outfielder at the least. And moving forward for the next two years, I don't see why he's not going to be your starting right fielder and replacing Juan Soto there. He's got the arm. He's a better fielder, and I think he's got a better arm as well than Soto. And he just has a better feel for it out there in the field to where that's valuable to us. Because in right field, it's kind of, you know, obviously center field is the quarterback of the outfield there. And they're taking charge. And Victor Robles has done a great job in center field. Besides a few hiccups here and there, but I think Victor Robles is a great center fielder with all said and done. But Lane Thomas in right field. I love that. I love that for this team moving forward. Give him the opportunities that he needs Because right now I look at him and we had Andrew Stevenson back in the 2019 run and Michael A. Taylor, obviously, who they're kind of our fourth outfielders, really more so Michael A. Taylor. I look at Lane Thomas, I don't think Lane Thomas is the, he's definitely not the fielder that Michael A. Taylor was, but he's every bit, every ounce of the hitter that Michael A. Taylor is, and even better, in my opinion. I think he's got that raw potential to where and we're really starting to see power come out. He was a little more selective this year with his pitches, uh, wasn't really chasing too much. And, like, for example, last year, in 2021, he played in 77 games and had 63 strikeouts. This year, in 2022, he had 146 games with 132 strikeouts. And that's a slight improvement if you look at it and if you try to equal those games out. That's something new that he's improved on, and we're starting to see that. The thing with Lane Thomas is the first two months of this season, from April to May, he really struggled, and that was not a secret. It was, you all were watching. You saw it. He wasn't doing too much. From June all the way to September, he was an above-average outfielder that was going to be a plus defender, and at the plate he was going to provide some pop, and he was a threat to hit one out on each at-bat. You could go up there thinking that Lane could put one out. His power took a real step up this year, hitting 17 home runs in 498 at-bats this season. That's an improvement. That's what we need to see. 17 home runs from a guy who wasn't in particular a full-time player up until the summer, that's big. 17 home runs, I'll take it. Any day of the week. Any day of the week. Like like I said, when I was saying this earlier, is April through May was horrendous, really. He had a 195 batting average from April all the way in through May with 256 on on-base percentage and a 325 slugging percentage that was good for a 581 OPS and only had three home runs with 18 RBIs in 43 games. That's awful. Awful. But then, when you look at it from the other side, and from June on, he really lit it up like seriously he had a 256 batting average with a 429 slugging percentage that was good for a 746 OPS and had 14 home runs with 34 RBIs drew 31 walks and struck out 93 times from June all the way through the end of the season in 2022 that's something if you don't see that and and back to what I was saying earlier It's just he needs to find that consistency moving forward. Because, you know, we joke about it here on Nationals Twitter that a lot of people are either on the lane train or you're off the lane train. I am a passenger of the lane train. And today, I want to convince you to be a passenger of the lane train wherever you are listening to this show. But before, I try to convince you of that I'm going to try to convince you why you should use betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. So tonight, game one of the NLCS. You want to get some little betting info, get some little nuggets to try to see what you want to do with these bets tonight? Do what I do. Go to betonline.net and just Look up their search engine, and they're going to give you everything that you will need. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And so, with that being said... I'm going to tell you where the lane train starts. I just kind of got into trading for uh, Lane Thomas. in the fact that this was one of Rizzo's best trades over the last two seasons to get someone who you're trading away, John Lester, who had no chance in really improving this roster going forward to getting Lane Thomas, who. Is a lottery ticket to where he could be a fourth outfielder moving forward on a championship team. And if you have Lane Thomas coming out of off the bench for a championship team, for a playoff team, for a team that's going to be playing in October, that's a win. And the fact that we traded John Lester for him makes it even a bigger win. A massive win. John Lester had no business being on this roster and last year in 2021, and as well as 2022. Because now we got Lane Thomas, who's not going to be a free agent until 2026. He's got four solid years to develop here, and to kind of grow into his own. And he has an amplitude of opportunities that will be coming his way, because we're in a rebuilding stage right now, to where a 27-year-old Lane Thomas will be Part of this rebuild moving forward. He's going to get the opportunity to be a starting right fielder in the bigs. I don't really see us trying to go and replacing Lane Thomas. And if we do, then that's a good thing. It's fine to have a fourth outfielder that's going to come off the bench and can put one out of the yard. He's kind of like your insurance in a sense to where you can rely on him moving forward. That's exciting to me. And it should be for you as well. Because the Lane Train still has yet to leave this park. or Not this park, this station. And that's something to be just giddy about. Because in a rebuilding season, it's tough to really take the positives for what they are. But Lane Thomas was a positive for this team. He was something to where we could rely on moving forward. And we're excited about that. You should be, too. You know, I always joke with my friends about this in the lane train. They hate that I'm all over the lane train. When I saw him last year and kind of saw what he's about and what he can do and the potential that he has, it's exciting. It's something you get and look forward to. I mean, seriously. In a rebuild, this is what it's all about. This is where Lane Thomas can see if he can develop into a starting right fielder in the bigs. And then when it's all said and done, let's say he's not. Let's just say. Maybe he's not that guy. But it's still exciting nonetheless. Super exciting. To where I just want to see him get his opportunities, get his at-bats, and kind of take advantage of what he's given. Because I saw that in this year in 2022 with Lane Thomas. You saw the potential. You saw all the different things that he could do for this team. With playing a solid right field, place him in center field. He's going to play a solid center field, left field, even as well. If you need him a DH every now and then, no problem. He's got the bat for it for this roster, considering that. And that's just something that, to where with the rebuild, we can allow these younger guys to build on their seasons and get better as it as time goes. And that's just something to where. As a fan and as someone who's covering the team as well as a fan, it's something to where I can't get enough of. And this is why I watch. I want to see Lane Thomas blossom into this future of the Nats team and be a kind of a centerpiece of this rebuild, be a bright spot in a time where there's not much. He's not going to be Juan Soto, so don't bank on that. He's not going to be... I mean, I think he's better than Victor Robles. But he's not going to be Juan Soto. He's not going to be Daniel Murphy at the back end of his career. He's not going to be, name that Nationals outfielder that has made a difference for this roster. Or one of the great ones. He's not going to be Bryce Harper. So, you backtrack it, and you try to compare him to guys that we had in this 2019 team, like I was doing earlier with Michael A. Taylor and Andrew Stevenson. I think he could be every ounce of what those two were with a better bat. I think the better comp for this would probably be Michael A. Taylor, a plus defender who's just really rocky at the plate. But I think Lane has kind of found that more consistent role, and it's kind of been seen over the years that where he starts off slow, and then last year in 2021, he ended on fire with the Nationals, put up some great numbers for this team. I have it right here in 2021 for the Nationals in 206 plate appearances. He batted 270 with 364 OBP with a 489 slugging percentage, which was good for an 853 OPS. That is a well above average hitter that was getting pop, getting on base. And all his numbers were technically down this year, but that was in a more everyday role than he was last year with us. When we traded for Lane Thomas, I was kind of looking at the numbers, doing a little deep dives on him, and I wasn't really expecting much of him. He was kind of someone who floundered out in the MLB, wasn't really making too much of a difference in the pros. And the Cardinals just made a decision for that 2021 team, and they moved off him for John Lester. And a rebuilding team like the Nationals were at that point last year. That was a move that we needed to make for this team moving forward. And I can't say that enough because that's the market that we have to be in moving forward. We can't be doing this with moving off of Lane Thomas, for example, for a 35-year-old starting pitcher. That's not in the business that we're in. You can say what you want, but that's just not what we're doing. And that's not what this front office is building to do. And as I was saying with Nelson Cruz yesterday on the show, if you haven't listened to that, I broke down his season, but as I was saying there, Nelson Cruz, that signing of him was doesn't align with what Mike Rizzo has been saying over the year with this is a retool, not a rebuild. That's what Mike Rizzo says. He he insisted that this is not a rebuild. And I think if you're looking at it now, we're the worst team in baseball this season. Not a lot of bright spot. The the prospects that we got in return for Juan Soto and Josh Bell are promising in itself, and they're, obviously there's a ton to be excited about with all those guys. I broke down C.J. Abrams last week. He's had a, I've been really impressed from what I've seen, especially the end of the season. But this move right here with Lane Thomas aligns with what we want, what I want, which is a rebuild. Tear it all down. Start from scratch. Get these lottery tickets and turn them in at the counter and see what they can do. See if they hit. The time to do that is now. It's not in 2019 where we're making a postseason run or we're trying to win a World Series in 2026. That's not what this is. The time is now to buy your lottery tickets and then turn those in in a couple weeks and see what they do. And Lane Thomas is one of those lottery tickets that really align with what I want which is a rebuild, rather than signing Nelson Cruz, who's 40 years old, paid him a little more money than what he was worth, and that's just not what this team was going into this year. You saw the roster, and you saw what we had for pitching, for really everything, and what it came out to be. This was not a retool. It's a rebuild, and Lane Thomas aligns directly with that rebuild, and these are guys that you want to see in this rebuild moving forward to get their chance and see if they can make a difference moving forward. Because Lane Thomas is not going to be someone who, unless he really just blows up and becomes an everyday player, he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to be getting $100 He's going to be a utility player that can play all three positions in the outfield and who can pinch it on a great team. And There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe he goes on a bad team. Again, when he leaves in free agency or maybe he's with us and maybe he steps into a role to where he can play the corner outfields, which would be great. I would love it. And that's just something to be excited about. And so to wrap up this whole Lane Thomas breakdown, I want to say this and kind of have the Nationals fan chime in on it. Are you on the – I want to know. Actually, I want to know. You can DM me, you can tweet at me, at ryanclary 11 or you can tweet the show page, at LO underscore Nationals. I want to know if you're on the lane train or not. Because, for all the reasons I've just pointed out in the last 25 minutes, choo-choo, I'm on the lane train. I'm on it. And this is what I'm on the lane train for. I think this is a fourth outfielder, at the very least, that will be on a championship roster moving forward for your Nationals. He's going to be someone that we can rely on. A utility guy that, you know, if whoever goes down, Victor Robles, if he goes down, uh, if Robert Hassel, when he comes up in the majors, if he goes down with an injury, Lane Thomas, right there, sitting for you. We know what he can do. Is he as consistent as they come? No. But that's something he can work on with more at-bats, getting a routine that he has over the last year. And when he really settles down into the season, and once it starts warming up in June, so does Lane Thomas's bat. And he's someone that I'm just going to be looking forward to as this rebuild continues. And not, not a retool, it's a rebuild. I can't say that enough. Side note here, just to quickly wrap up this show. Last night, we're all waiting around for Game 5 of the Guardians and the Yankees, and the MLB and whoever comes up with these decisions decide, okay, you see that there's rain coming last night, and it's going to be raining from 7 all the way through 9.30. We all saw that. If you have the Weather Channel app, you see it. And they don't wait they wait until 9.30 and then call the game as it was clearing up then. The forecast beforehand, I was checking it. I was so excited for that game last night. And you wait all that time just to push back the game until tomorrow to where it was projected to start around 9.30. And what's the rain stopped around 10 o'clock last night and the game's already called. What's the difference between 30 minutes? Either play the game Or look at your forecast and what's the predictions and what the meteorologists, all these weathermen that are getting paid to do their job, let them predict if you're going to be able to play the game or not. And if you have a specific time to where you don't want to start a game past that certain time, which who knows, maybe that's 930, then don't play the game. And if you see that forecast, don't have all these fans waiting for two and a half hours. I don't get fired up about that much. Actually, I do. I do get fired up about a lot. What am I saying? That's one of those things that really grinds my gears. Really does. Just such a moronic decision to where, what are you doing, MLB? This isn't all Rob Manfred, but I'm throwing you under the bus, Rob Manfred. What are you doing? That was dumb. Just call the game and make it up tomorrow. And then not only are you going to make it up, you're going to have it be a 4 o'clock game for the Yankees-Guardians Game 5, which should be an electric game. I work on a radio show until six thirty Eastern time, so I'm I'm pummeled and I'm pissed about that. I was sitting home waiting for that game to start last night, and then I see it's canceled. I'm like, okay, cool, no problem, make it up tonight at seven. Uh, potentially, maybe even push back the NLCS by a day. Nope, four o'clock game, winner take all, loser goes home. Four o'clock in the Bronx, Yankees, Guardians. One of the better series that we've seen so far in this postseason, in this new bracket. But nope. Guess what we got to do? We got to sit here with our thumbs up. You know what? Waiting for that game to end tonight for a four o'clock start. Do better, Rob Manfred. Do better. You know who does better? My friend, Paul Francis Sullivan with the Locked On MLB Podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to the Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team in the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I almost went over my time. I wanted to get this Lane Thomas breakdown in your 2022 MVP that the DC media crowned this season as to weren't really many MVP options out there. If we're not going to be giving it to Juan said or Josh Bell, but nonetheless, Lane Thomas is a piece to look forward, moving, moving forward. Maybe our next championship team, next postseason team, next team that goes 81 and 81 around 500. We'll see. All right, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow and enjoy the postseason baseball today. Go Nats.